Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you as always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are open 24-7 for business, serving hot, fresh food. Moan, what's going on on this Wednesday? Man, not too much. Trying to get over the hump. Get it? Hump day. I got it. I got it. <laughs> we beat second Monday, so now we're here. Second Monday. I got to ask you, since here in Pittsburgh, we got whipped with a snowstorm today like out of nowhere like the flakes were like the size of softballs really yeah oh man no we we got a little cooler here uh and i say cooler you laugh at me but it was like 39 degrees i'm back in hoodie season again Uh, (laughs) um but we got what you probably don't have in pittsburgh right now and that's a little bit of sun little bit yeah no Mm -hmm. it's it's still coming a little bit here but see (laughs) i'm a snow guy i love it me too absolutely love it I'll Let's be real. A little, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I've actually grown more attracted to the sun since I've been out of football because I'm not training in it all the time. But yeah. hey, we'll have to discuss what's, what's post-retirement like for me at some point. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit of football here. A little bit of an unusual uh, subject here, but it's something that, that we've talked about before. And it's Mike Tomlin's future in the yeah. NFL. Now, for anybody who's been with the Ramon Foster show before we went daily, you might recall that last year uh, Moan brought up Kevin Colbert's future. Said you're wondering mm-hmm. if maybe that would be it and whatever. Well, sure enough, here we are, you know, a year later. And yeah, see, <laughs> I know a certain thing or two. How that goes. So let's let's talk about the head coach. Uh, mm-hmm. You know him as well as anybody. Uh, what do you see as being his motivation what what is his what is it that gets him up in the morning still that has him as pumped up to be an NFL head coach as it always has winning and and I say winning in just the game in general one thing he's always told us man and whether we were playing on like Thanksgiving New Year's Christmas the beginning of the season birthdays birth of your child and stuff like that was men you know how he'll use the word men mm-hmm. you know, he go protect his game and he tell you all the things that this game has done for him inside of the sport and outside of the sport. So we're talking about college. We're talking about growing up in Virginia, where he's from. He'd elaborate on those things. And, you know, he speak about his his, his uh, mom and, and dad, you know, working there from their army family. They're a, a service family. And, you know, they're working on the shipyards in Virginia and where, you know, on Christmas days, he'd elaborate. Well, look, my mom or I would say my dad used to have to go to work at the shipyard because why? It was double time. It was double pay on holidays on mm-hmm. Christmas. And he points to those reasons on why us playing a game instead of having to go work at the shipyard is is a luxury. It's a way outside of what we're, what most of us come from, just being real. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian. If you play in the NFL, yeah, you're working on Christmas or a holiday. But is it work? You know, you're living out your dreams, and a lot of people don't get an opportunity to do that. And I think that's where Coach Tomlin's motivation comes at from the game. It ain't just simply, I'm doing the job. No, he respects the game enough to realize where it's led him to, seeing things that he hasn't seen before, doing stuff he never thought about doing, coming from the Virginia Beach area of, of, of Virginia, you know what I'm saying, from a small mm-hmm. school um, that he went to in college. So, I think that's his motivating side of it. He enjoys watching young guys come into this league and grow into young men and have kids and start talking about that type of stuff to where I came in as a young, dumb guy. And here I left with two kids married (laughs) and, you know, all of those things and the lessons that the game gives you inside of it. 
That's his motivational factor is to protect the game at all costs. And with that, he has the standard of, of winning. He has the idea that, look, don't do anything to take away from what our goals are. And that's all that's always been his, I think, motivation on why or what's his future. As long as he's got that at the forefront, I think this team is always going to compete. I think this team is always going to have a standard. And it sounds so cliche, but it's a lot of teams in the NFL that wish they had somebody with that stable mindset where it's not a new phrase every single year. With him, you're going to get the same exact thing year in and year out. And that speaks volumes, man. Now, of course, there's always something in which, you you know, somewhere where somebody tries to find the chip in the armor when it comes down to coaches that stick around for a long time. McCarthy wasn't bulletproof. Heck, we saw Sean Payton wasn't bulletproof. With him, it's a factor of honestly beating down that 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 one stat line that he has. Never having a losing season. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do wonder how this fan base and national media will react if that does happen. And truth be told, whenever it happens, it'll just be the first one. You know? Well, I mean, that might be getting faced here in 2022 with the way that the, the, the AFC North lines up with the quarterback position, obviously first year without Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. first full year uh, entering a season without Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. I've heard the head coach repeatedly refer to himself as a football junkie. Mm-hmm. What does he mean when he says that? Because I'm sure you've heard it as well. He's a football junkie. He can tell you the history of the Steelers, along with the Cowboys, along with the Redskins, along with the Giants, <laughs> along with what player undrafted 67 going into camp did. You know, like, yeah, I don't want to necessarily treat him like he's a historic, historian of the game, but those are the things that he does. You know, like, you, you might say he's not your coach. He's a cheerleader coach. That's because he's a fan of the game. You know, I've yeah. heard people try to attach that to him. Um, and, and that's where I think that comes from DK more than anything is I do feel like he's a guy that if he'd uh, had better film in college or, uh, small schools were magnified the way they were now, he'd have played a little bit longer in the NFL, which is why I also think he seeks out guys like a Javon Hargrave from a small school, picking mm-hmm. up guys out of the Mac, because there's a lot of ballers that are at places like that that never had the opportunities in the early and mid 90s and heck even in the 80s as far as going to find special talent so he's a junkie to it because the opportunities are there for somebody and I feel like his studying of the game studying of the game keeps him engaged enough to where those things are big for him and it's also big for the team think about the amount of guys we picked up from small schools. Javon oh, Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith out of Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it, that's what it allows you to do when you're not above, you know, saying, I just want to pick the biggest, strongest. No, 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 no. We're building mm-hmm. a team, a foundation. Let me find out how I can find Ramon Foster, which you can keep cheap for years. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's those things that matter to a guy like him because that's how you cultivate a team. How long do you think he'll stick around? I'll Keep say doing as long this. as he as long as he wants to. I, I do feel that way. Now again, nowadays it's very hard to beat public perception. One losing season, I don't know what it's gonna do for him and how loud it's gonna ring out to people that are covering that blemish. When we come back, more 
Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. Ramon, let's talk about one of your very favorite people on this planet. One of everybody's favorite people, Cam Hayward. And about his motor and his inner drive. You have shared insights with me in the past (laughs) regarding big number 97, and I'd love if you could share them with your listeners on this show. What is it that pushes him? Where is his, like, what's his engine? Man, it's in him, honestly, uh, genetically with his dad. I don't think that can be understated or overstated, understated, overstated, whichever mm-hmm. you want to say enough. Um, the type of guy and player he was, if you've met his mom, you can tell she's got some stuff in her, too. You know, as far as competition and being really good at what they do. Day one when Cam came in with, with Kiesel still being there and Camp still being there, Cam tried to find his way as much as he freaking could. I'll never forget springtime with him. Guess what happens in the springtime? We don't have pad zone. You want to know who's still going 100 miles per hour? Cameron Hayward. Let's talk about fights breaking out. And you know what? He didn't give a crap. Not even a little bit about what was going on (laughs) other than the fact that, look, I'm trying to survive in this league and be a true pro. And, And we saw that and it got to a point where I was older at the time. Heck, I was two years in at the time when Cam came in and I'm like, man, I've started in this league and all type of stuff like that. Like, chill out, little, you know, rookie and stuff like that. But I knew he was a, 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 a first-round draft pick coming from a big-time school, and he was trying to prove that he belonged as part of, let's say, a real Steelers defense. I think he's embodied that. Cam could have played in the 70s. I think we all can agree with that. Cam could have played on the The guys from the to, 70s have said that. I mean, J- mean Joe him. Green has said it. Yeah. Absolutely. They've embraced him. I don't know where he'd have found his way as a starter on that whole team. Sure. I don't know where he would have <laughs> where he would have found space yeah. to, to shove out. Uh, if you go back to the 70s, who are you going to throw out? Mean Joe, LC Greenwood, <laughs> Dwight White, you know, Ernie and, Holmes. No, you know, there's no space there, but I'm, I'll that. bet he would have competed pretty hard. A hundred percent, man. And um, I grew up the understanding and he did, too. We going to battle every single day. I, I, I will say Cam helped me get better. And I like to think that he tell you I helped make him better, too. It's, there's not a downplay at all. Now, when he got older, I got older. Way, all right, Moan. Like, all right, Cam. You yeah, know, it's the whole type of conversation. <laughs> but if there was a new guy coming in and I laughed, because they usually ones against twos on defense. One offense versus two defense, usually mm-hmm. how it goes in camp. One defense versus two offense. And if we had a young guy out there, all I can say is buckle up, because here come Cam. But at the end of the day, man, Cam is a true pro. And at the end of that, too, Cam's searching for that ring. But on top of that, he's searching for that gold jacket, too. Pittsburgh is known for that defense. As much as we've killed it on offense and had all these high-powered offenses and stat numbers, the defense is where home lies at when Pittsburgh. And Cam has been that, man. I'll never forget, you know, just the, the, the small selfish things you do inside of the team concept. Like him changing his position from D.N., where he's competing against Von Miller, where he's competing against uh, Carlos Dunlap, his guys making Pro Bowls and all pros and stuff like that. Nah, put me as a T-tackle. I, I, my, my stats mean more right there, okay? So he went from there to 
you know, getting eight sacks as a D tackle, getting nine sacks as a D tackle, crushing guys over the middle and stuff like that. He's lined up himself to have a Hall of Fame career, DK listeners like that's where he is 68 career sacks right now for him he's a guy when you say his name it's like yeah i know who he is cam jordan cam hayward we're talking about that group of guys we're we're talking about a group of guys you know off top cam hayward uh aaron donald uh cam jordan like these are guys fletcher cox he's in that conversation what do we think about all of those guys right now h-o-f Go jacket guys. Week in and week out, Cam is a big board guy, I'm sure, for opposing teams. He's a headache. And he approaches the way he played the game and the way he practiced the exact same way. I remember watching him a year as a full-time starter all pro. He's still chasing the ball 15, 20 yards down the field. Why? Because he was taught by Kiesel. He was taught by him. He was talking about Travis Kersky. Those guys that came before him, this is how we do things here. Young fella, if you want to be this and lead this team to this promised land, these are the things you have to do. And Cam has done that. So I salute him for the level of consistency he's had. But at the end of the day, within the team concept, and he'll never say it, but Cam is in search of that gold jacket. He won't say it. You know what he will say? After the Steelers' last game in Kansas City, Mm -hmm. I looked him in the eye and I asked him after he ended up with 10 sacks. And I said, are you actually getting better? Are you getting better as you get older? This is a 32-year-old defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and said, I have no choice. And I knew exactly what he meant. Exactly what he meant. When we come back on the Ramon Foster Show, it's the Hey Moan segment. Back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for the Hey Moan segment. And today's entry comes from Brad Richards, who says, not coincidentally, Hey Moan, in order for Matt Canada to get a shot beyond the 2022 season, what kind of progress does the offense need to show you this year? Thank you for the great insight. What kind you of progress? You haven't even given him the great insight yet. That was a preemptive thanking you for the great insight. <laughs> Um, man, that that is a real good question because this league is based off performance, not just for the players, but for the coaches, the GMs, heck, even the trainers. Okay, everybody involved is based on performance because so much is weighed on it because so much money is pushed out. So much glory is given to the guys that do well. And when you do bad, you get exposed. So what does he need to do? It's, it's, It's exactly that. It's progress. No matter who's the quarterback out there. Nobody's going to care who it is. What they want to see is can Matt Canada put together an offense, whether it's Mason, whether it's uh, Haskins, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's, it's Kyle Trask. I don't care who it Mitch Trubisky, whoever it is, it needs to be efficient. I think we as fans of this team watched last year and said to ourselves, what are we doing out there? Now, <laughs> be real. That's so you laugh. True. It's, so it's true. It's a, there was no identity. Not, nothing none. of the kind. So is 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 that part of it for me that has to be 
it has to be established. How are you going to throw the ball? What is your run scheme? How are you going to uh, dictate third down calls? What are we going to be in the red zone? There has to be answers. You're not a rookie on the job anymore. Also, you can let's say a lot of people blame the Ben. Oh, Ben's arm is not what it used to be. He's not mobile. All of those things. Cool excuses. I'm okay with that. But it's on you to put this team in a real good situation. And I don't want, me personally, I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt of having a new one-year starter. Because if it's Mason or Dwayne, you've had them the entire time. Those guys have had scout team reps or either first team reps when Ben wasn't practicing. They all know what you offense. wanted to do in your offense. That's what we have to see. You got a new old line coach, wide receiver coach. There's a lot of things working in your favor. Say here, Matt Canna, do what you're supposed to. Coach Tom Lee even gave him the vote of confidence this past offseason. Matt's our mm-hmm. guy. Consistency has to be number one. What are you doing down the field with the receivers? You still have a real good core. Claypool and, and, and friggin' Deontay are studs when it comes down to their play. Find a ways to get them open. Najee, pro bowler in his first year. Happy birthday also, Najee. Um, but besides <laughs> that, there is a lot that goes into this fan base. If for anybody, we talk about Coach Tomlin having, you know, what, what will we do? How long he wants to go? Well, it's easier to chop off the head of my OC than it is the head coach sometimes. Hmm. And, and that's where this fan base is, I feel like, with him. You don't have Ben. So let's say Mason has a stronger arm. Let's say Dwayne Haskins have a stronger arm right now. Use it. How will you use it? Being able to put this offensive line together and not only that, but have your offensive line coach on the same page as you as far as the run blocking goes. What about the receivers? How much better will you get them? We can say a whole, excuse me, a whole lot of things about Todd Haley. Can't we? But one thing he did. Not all of them flattering. (laughs) Hey, 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 everybody has a I said it, I said it, not you. (laughs) But one thing he did, he put numbers up on the board. He did. He, he did. would walk in that room and say, guys, we got to score 35 this week. 30, 30, 35 every time. Yep. And what did we do? We did those things. Rebuild whatever you want to call this offense. Matt Canada, it has to be efficient this year. Consistency has to be at the forefront of whatever you're calling. It was so many times, even I was watching the game, why did we run this? There was no rhyme or reason to much of what was going on. Again, if you put blame on it being Ben, oh, he was stuck in his ways, whatever you want to call it, you don't have that problem this year. That's That's not your excuse anymore. Consistency and a real plan for this team. And it's young enough for it to, for you to have them do whatever you want them to. If Mason is as hungry as I think he is, you can tell Mason to run through a wall before walking into Heinz Field, and he's going to do it before he starts playing. Do those things. Take the lowest hanging fruit sometimes, too. That That's one of the things that I think can lead to consistency with an NFL offense is just take what's there. You know, I'm, I'm going to throw out one name here that, that I think can help lead to that, and that's Pat Fryermuth. You know, what do we see in 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 Ben's prime when Ben would get in trouble, Ben had mm-hmm. a couple of guys that were lowest hanging fruit type yep. of players. He had Heinz Ward. He had Heath Miller. And he mm-hmm. knew, not just third down. Everyone talked about them on third down. But he knew that he had yep. an outlet. And mm-hmm. it was just pr- so predictable. And yet nobody could stop it. That's the kind of thing that I'd like to see this offense develop. Where they can just f- find a fallback. Yeah. You know? 
things aren't going great. Claypool's not catching the ball today. Yeah. Um, you know, they're double covering Deontay. What do we have? What yeah. do we have? Okay, well, we got this. You know, your fallback doesn't have to be getting a half a yard on on third and one. You know? Yeah. Go f- and, and also using those weapons too. So many times last season, I was saying people, well, why do we have Derek Water? We're not going to use him. Like that kind of needs to be an explanation. If he's just going to be a special teams guy, then we should say that too, you know, because he has value there. It's, there's, no- there's the weapons are in Pittsburgh and we hadn't even gotten to the draft yet. No, if he, no, you know, if he hasn't, if he doesn't use them this year, the side eye from this base is going to be real strong. Oh, I'm not sure that's not already in the past tense, but but that's another subject for another day. All right, Mo, we'll do it again tomorrow, man. Absolutely.